stop. We have told you it's a fact if you look at history. I have known no great man or no great woman that didn't belong to an organization, not one. The American capitalist system was so confused, some of us, that we will actually think that we by ourselves can lead the people to their freedom. There's no such thing as Rambo or Superman. It exists only in Hollywood. Fidel Castro, as bad as he is, he needs a communist party of Cuba to help direct Cuba. V.I. Lenin, as rough as he is, he needed a Bolshevik party. Karl Marx was a great man, had to organize the International Working Men's Association. The Honorable Marcus Garvey saw Claire and Long, but he needed the Universal Negro Improvement Association of the African Community Leagues. Patrice Lumumba was a great man, he needed organization. Harriet Tubman was a rough sister, she needed organization. Rosa Parks sat down so we can get up. She needed organization. 
Malcolm X so loved the organization that when he left the Nation of Islam, he created two organizations, the Muslim Mosque Incorporated for Muslims and the African-American organization started after the, uh, Afri the organization of African unity. Everywhere you will see the need for organizations. Martin Luther King was a righteous man, but even he recognized the need for the Southern Christian Asian Conference. And while Nelson Mandela, Nelson Mandela is known all over the world, he still has the African National Congress. Every brother or sister who truly seeks to advance the world must belong to an organization. This we will not stop telling you. Well, 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 well. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Good to see you. Welcome. Welcome to the JB Font channel. I am your host, James Fontleroy. So good to see all of you here on this beautiful, beautiful Thursday afternoon. Today is June 29th, 2023. I am your host, James Fontleroy. Welcome. Uh, just to let you guys know, the JB Font channel is available on all major podcast platforms, so go ahead and subscribe to me there. Also part of the Revolutionary Blackout Network, so you can see me as usual on Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. And yes, you will see me this evening on the Savvy and JB show this evening as well. Also, just to thank everybody for uh, you know being um, subscribed to my Substack. If you guys would like to, you guys can go to jbfontstuffstuff.com. If you guys would like to get email notifications, just like you did today, you got email notification 15 minutes before I went live. And so now you are here because you got that notification. Just to let you guys know that the YouTube algorithm is not as reliable as usual for the notification. So if you guys would like to get straight from the horse's mouth, so to speak, so you guys can get those notifications. Also, just a thank you to everyone who are my patrons on Patreon, Coffee, as well as members. Yes, I also do have memberships. But without you guys, I would not be able to do this. I would not be able to have streams like this. And so thank you so very much to all of the patrons, Patreon, Coffee, members, as well as people who donate to me uh, via uh, PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, to my, to my GoFundMe, to everyone. Thank you so very much, as well as to everybody who also gives Super Chats. Thank you so very much. It all helps. So I appreciate it deeply. Now, just to say hello, as you guys all know, uh, one of the things that uh, I wanted to talk about today, there's, I have one news story, and I also wanted to do a Q&A stream. Today's my birthday. So just letting you guys know that, uh, yeah, today was the day that I was born. Uh, yeah, you know, it's crazy. I'm going to be 40 next year. And life is just interesting, especially when it comes to how you grow over the years when you become wiser. And I always thought to myself, I never thought of myself as much of a, of a success in any way. Um, I tried, you know, uh, I tried when I was younger. And so I realized that the maturity that I have now is more of a success than I ever had thought that I would. Um, and so through that, through that growth and learning over the, especially over the last like five years, I'm growing to know myself, 
growing to know uh, the world around me and how I can help shape it in a more positive direction. It makes me happy, you know, to know that I can at least affect the world, you know, in my own small way, in a positive way. So, yeah, that's one thing I'm grateful for, you know. And, and by the way, if you're watching this now or on the rewatch, just let me know what you're grateful for as well. But the reason why I played Kwame Ture in the beginning as the intro is because he is my birthday twin. Happy birthday, Kwame Ture. And it's, it's quite an honor you know, to share a birthday with somebody like him. You know what I mean? So that's one of the reasons why I played the intro video with him as well. And it's also apropos because he's talking about belonging to an organization. Why is that important? Because in order for us to really, truly change the world on a fundamental level, belonging to an organization means that you are Surrounding yourself with like-minded people who have the same goals in mind in order to create a more egalitarian, equal, and equitable society. That's why it's so important. So all the great people who we admire, who have stood up to oppression over the years, this is why it's important. Because even they belong to organizations even they had to surround themselves with like-minded people. Not one person is an island. And that's why it's so important to organize. And by organize, I mean building mutual aid, things like that. This is why people like me and my comrades at RBN, we're also creating chapters within our own respective cities in order to push for mutual aid so that we're not just talking it, we're living it. And the thing is that I want you guys to do the same. It doesn't have to necessarily be with us. Just join an organization if you need to, so that we can help push things in a more just and dignified way. Everybody in this world deserves dignity, no matter who you are. Everyone deserves a dignified existence. And I want you guys to take that you know, with you. And you're doing this by organizing together in order to help people. That's what I need to say. Now, I'm going to get to the chat really quick just to say my hellos and introductions, and then we'll get into our news story. All right. So first off, thank you so much to Jess for the super chat. Appreciate it very much. Jess says, happy birthday, James. May this new year of life be your best one yet. Enjoy it to the fullest. Thank you. That means a lot, honestly. Um, because there are so many people that are going through a lot. And one thing that I think a lot of people need to realize is that, and, and I said this in a tweet earlier, we all go through something, but I want you to know that you also need to be easy on yourself. Watch how you talk to yourself. Watch how you talk to my friend. Because 
the person we hear in our head the most is ourselves. And if we're always being down on ourselves, if we're always talking down to ourselves, that's abuse. You don't want to be known as an abuser, do you? Then don't abuse yourself. You see, you're always told that you're less than by the corporate dictators, the people who say that you don't deserve healthcare, housing, food, education, just by virtue of you being a human. They don't, they don't believe that. They don't think that you deserve it. They think that you have to amount to some huge persona. You have to exploit this person and that person in order to be worthy of healthcare, housing, you know, food, shelter, a livable planet, not being afraid of the people who are supposed to serve and protect you. You're, you're, you're not worthy of it. That's what they think. That's what they say. You are worthy of it. Don't listen to those lies and don't believe those lies and don't tell yourself those lies. Watch what you say to yourself. Kindness starts with you. Kindness starts with yourself. I tore myself down all the time growing up because I was torn down all the time growing up. I was bullied relentlessly. It started, you know, kind of, you know, in, in elementary school, but once middle school hit, oh my God, I was bullied so much. And it wasn't emotional bullying. It wasn't like physical. Well, it was slightly physical, but it was more emotional bullying for me. And it tore me down so much. I had suicide ideation like crazy. And so be good to yourself and then extend that to everybody you meet. Because so many people are, that straw is right there about to break the camel's back. And once that last straw hits, you might, end up doing something you'll deeply regret. So be good to yourself. That's one thing I need to push and extend that goodness to others, extend that kindness to others, whether it's through your actions, your words, your thoughts about other people too, even your thoughts. Be kind to people in your thoughts. The only thing that we really need to be ruthless towards are oppressors, the abuse of institutions, and the abuse of systems that we have around us. Those are the things that we need to hate because those are the ones that damage us all. Thanks to Extra Bullets saying happy birthday, but thank you so much. Appreciate it, Uncle Warren. Good to see you. We have Serena Sawyer coming in. Happy birthday. Thank you so much. <laughs> Corona Ursa, thank you so much for the happy birthday. Bestie Sweary Barry, thank you so much for that. <clears throat> Reality Revolution, thank you so much. Good to see you. And it's just that. And by the way, Reality Revolution, I'm still loving this chair. Thank you so much for that. That was one of the best presents I could ever get. Thank you. Miguel coming in saying happy birthday. Thank you so much. The Jam Mom coming in. Thank you so very much as well. 
We have Zeb coming in. Thank you. Just, oh, happy late birthday to you too. All right. Say happy birthday to Zeb as well. All right. Heartlands Media, Kit and the fam coming in. Thank you so much. Good to see you, Kit. All right. Team Orca says happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you so much to White Gladys. I don't care if it's not even her birthday. White Gladys, happy birthday to you too. <laughs> All right. Uh, Unia. Uh, I'm not sure what that is, but thank you very much. Uh, it is imperative. Okay. Thank you. All right. Uh, <laughs> make sure not to take a drink while watching the video. <laughs> hey, take a sip for me, will you? All right. Thank you so much. Bryce coming in. Thank you so much. Good to see you, Bryce. Oh, yeah. We have Maria. Thank you so much for the super chat. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wadi says, hey, everybody. Thank you so much to Wadi as well. All right, Janice, thank you so much for the super chat. Janice says, Hippo Birdie 2 Ews. Hippo Birdie 2 Ews. Hippo Birdie 2 Ews. <laughs> Hope you have a wonderful next year, young man. Young man, we're around the same age, aren't we? Young man, or you're younger than me, aren't you, Miss Janice? Either way, thank you so very much. All right. All right, we have Holistic Radical saying happy birthday. Thank you so very much as well. All right. Let me see. All right. Who else do we have? This way phrase says Psh, maturity is overrated. <laughs> All right. Thank you so very much as well. Roger Meadows says Scotus loves with a birthday present to give you. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you so much. Uh, let me see. All right. Serena says, oh, she's giving everybody the hellos. Okay. Media Dream says, Asian must be so happy to affirmative action. So I don't know. Look, I, I don't think a lot. I don't think uh, it's all Asian people. Um, I just think just there's some people who have uh, this misguided uh, opinion about affirmative action. We're actually get into it. But I think there are some black people that have some misguided opinions about affirmative action, just like Asians, just like some white people, just like some people of different uh, economic backgrounds. So we're going to talk about it. All right. And Creative Experiments coming in saying happy birthday. Thank you. All right. All right. Who else do we have? That I can... Oh, Terry Connolly. Thank you so much. All right. Okay. All right. Yepek says, I'm constantly active in self-abuse. I don't mean this as a joke. And I'm very sorry. Uh, you know, the thing is, is that you, you know, you have to have, uh, you have to look at yourself as a, as a worthy member of this planet, mm -hmm. just like many people, everybody else is a worthy member of this planet and you have to be good to yourself because mm -hmm. if you're not being good to yourself, then that means you're not being good to everyone. You're not being kind to everyone. Mm -hmm. Kindness starts with you. Remember that. Okay. Um, somebody's trying to call me right when I'm live. Like who is trying to call me when I'm live? Somebody's trying to call me. 
I, I love you, baby, but <laughs> I'm live right now. Oh, my niece is trying to call me. I'll call her. I'll call her back. She's trying to wish me a happy birthday, sweetheart. All right. Who? Oh, Sebastiano. Good to see you. Thank you so much. Oh, my goodness. All right. And... Thanks, Roger. Appreciate it, big bro. <laughs> Maria C. Uh, everybody's saying hello to everybody. Whatever, man. Thank you. Can you agree, Gors? Ah, these. Oh, man. This is wonderful. All right. Let me see. Oh, man. Thank you so very much. You see, oh, oh, nope, nope, nope. That's not what I meant. Holistic Radical, thank you so very much for the super sticker. I appreciate it very much. That means a lot. Soul Construct, I haven't seen you in a while. Wait, I saw you. Wait, what has it been a couple weeks? Anywho, good to see you anyway. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the welcome to the stream. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. Let me see. Ah, Nadia, good to see you as well. All right. Okay, so one of the things that I'm going to be talking about today, <clears throat> I don't know what's going on, <sighs> getting choked up here, all the love. All right, so the story that I'm going to talk about is no more affirmative action, and then we'll get into some Q&A and talking about different things as well. Uh, you know, maybe get a little bit of my history, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I'll give you some. I can't give you all, but, you know, we'll give you some. So we're going to talk about no more affirmative action. The Supreme Court had a decision that was made today. Let's go into it and let's talk about it. Let's show what the Supreme Court actually had a decision on. So the Supreme Court says Supreme Court strikes down affirmative action in college admissions and Biden strongly disagrees. Well, he's going to say that. But. So this was just a few hours ago. It says Supreme Court today on Thursday struck down affirmative action in college admissions, declaring race cannot be a factor enforcing institutions of higher education to look for new ways to achieve diverse student bodies. The court's conservative majority overturned admissions plans at Harvard and the University of North Carolina, the nation's oldest private and public colleges, respectively. Chief Justice John Roberts said that for too long, universities have concluded wrongly that the touchstone of an individual's identity is not challenges bested, skills built, or lessons learned, but the color of their skin. Our constitutional history does not tolerate that choice. <laughs> Let me continue. Justice Clarence Thomas, Uncle Ruckus, the nation's second black justice who had long called for an inter-affirmative action, <laughs> wrote separately that the decision sees the university's admission policies for what they are, Rudderless, 
race-based preferences designed to ensure a particular racial mix in your entering classes. Justice Sonia Sotomayor wrote in dissent that the decision rolls back decades of precedent and momentous progress. Echoing her dissent, President Joe Biden said he strongly, strongly disagrees with the court's ruling. He urged colleges not to let the ruling be the last word. They should not abandon their commitment to ensure student bodies of diverse backgrounds and, exper and experience that reflect all of America. Biden, the segregationist, said from the White House, he said colleges should evaluate diversity overcome. I'm sorry, should evaluate adversity overcome by candidates. Both Thomas and Sotomayor, the two justices who have acknowledged affirmative action, played a role in their admissions to college and law school, took the unusual step of reading a summary from their opinions aloud in the courtroom. In a separate dissent, Justice Katanji Brown Jackson, the court's first Black female justice, called the decision truly a tragedy for us all. Axon, who sat out the Harvard case because she had been a member of an advisory governing board, wrote with let them eat cake obliviousness today, the majority puts pulls the ripcord and announces colorblindness for all by legal fiat. But deeming race relevant in law does not make it so in life. The vote was six to three in the court in the North Carolina case and six to two in the Harvard case. Justice Elena Kagan was the other dissenter. The two former presidents offered starkly different takes on the high court ruling. Former President Donald Trump, the current GOP former president frontrunner, Orange Joe Biden, wrote on his social media network in the decision marked a great day for America. People with extraordinary ability and everything else necessary for success, including future greatness for our country are finally being rewarded. Former President Barack Obama said in a statement that affirmative action allowed generations of students like Michelle and me to prove we belong. Uh, now it's up to all of us to give young people the opportunities they deserve uh, and help students everywhere benefit from new perspectives as he was bombing brown students abroad. The Supreme Court had twice upheld race-conscious college admission programs in the last 20 years, including as recently as 2016, but that was before three appointees of former President Donald Trump joined the court. So, I'm not going to read the entire article, but I read most of it anyway, but, you know, uh, it's, the, it's the AP, so I really don't care because it's not really, you know, um, if it were independent media, then I would, you know, read a little bit less and explain more, but... But yes, so they basically said X nay on the ace ray on Ologist K. Admit admissions A. Whatever. So that's basically what happened. And so the funny part, this this is what's hilarious to me, right? Is that a lot of people who are saying this really don't realize who this is really going to be affecting. 
So here's my opinion on here's my opinion officially on uh, affirmative action. Because my people were oppressed for 400 years. We were subject to harsh and inhumane conditions based on race. So for that particular reason, us being allowed, of course, based on us doing well in admissions tests and doing well scholastically, academically, we should have special preference to be allowed because we had special preference when it came to us working for free. When it came to us being allowed to work in inhumane conditions. That race base was okay when it came to us picking your cotton. That race base was okay when it came to us, you know, uh, cultivating your sugar and your tobacco. It was okay. It was fine. It was fine. It was fine. But now, when it comes to our education, ah, no, 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 we can't do it that way. Now, that's what I have to say. What more I also have to say is that even still, when it comes to them repealing it, they have no qualms about doing it, you know, while knowing our history. And looking at how we've been treated, I'm not surprised. Are you? I'm not. But at the same time, the people who are against affirmative action, they haven't really been disadvantaged from it. You know, you know the old phrase, um, to the privilege, equality feels like oppression. Let's be real, the majority is still white students coming to these schools. If that's the case, then it's like, what you complaining about? The majority is still <laughs> white students going to these universities. And then on top of it, it's still also based on academic acumen. So if it's based on academic acumen and a majority of students that are still getting admitted are white students, it's just more 
of people like me are getting in. Feels like y'all just don't like that more of me are getting in. Now, another point that I also wanted to bring out is that also this decision in my eyes is also a division tactic because the division tactic really is is that oh we just need to keep black people and white people separate we just need to keep uh you know a division of races so that they'll argue with each other ultimately a lot of these decisions that come out of the government are really pushed by corporations in order to keep us divided so that we don't actually look and go, man, why in the hell do we even have to have affirmative action if all colleges were based or were tuition free and just open to everyone as grades 13, 14, 15, and 16, we wouldn't have to worry about this in the first place. Maybe, just maybe, if college was made available without having tuition and it was available for, for everybody, we wouldn't have to do this. There's no affirmative action for high school. There's no affirmative action for middle school. There's no affirmative action for elementary school. Why? Because everybody's accepted. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, we could actually make college for all <gasps> but we can't do that can we higher education for all free at the point of service tuition free why not why why can't we do that we did it before Why can't we? That would take away the entire... Look, if you're against affirmative action, then fine. Make college tuition-free for everybody. If you're for affirmative action, make college tuition-free for everybody. And everybody gets in. And everybody can pass. And if you pass high school, you are eligible for college. Boom. That's it. That's all. But why don't we? Oh, because you want to gatekeep. You see, y'all didn't, y'all weren't thinking about this, this angle. Because look, look, if you're against affirmative action, all right, make college tuition free. If you're for affirmative action, all right, make college tuition free. Everybody who graduates gets in. Everybody who graduates high school gets in. Everybody, everybody, everybody. I'm saying, because guess what? It's about the workers, right? Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Why why are we charging tuition? It was it was a, charging tuition for higher learning is a paywall for workers. You know, every single time you guys try to go to like the New York Times or the Washington Post and you guys get a paywall, you guys can't read the article. Like, oh man, I can't read the article. They do the same thing with education. 
They gatekeep education based on financial, your financial situation, right? Now, a huge amount of black people are on the lower socioeconomic spectrum, uh, you know, hierarchy. So therefore, by default, we're already going to be locked out. And then on top of it, a lot of poor white people are, right? And scholarships are far few in between. So then we have to go into student debt. And guess what? I think they're going to be ruling on the student debt crisis tomorrow. Guess what? It's still gatekept. So whether you're for affirmative action, which I look at you with a side eye, or you're for affirmative action, it's still gatekeeping either way. It's still gatekeeping. So let's just let's just give it all. Give it, you know, make it free for all. Pay for it through taxation. But we can't do that because people are like, there's socialism. No, it's not. It's social welfare. It's no more socialist than having high schools for every kid or middle schools for every kid or elementary schools for every kid. It's no more. If you're cool with public education, why do you stop it at a certain level? If you're look, if you're if you consider yourself a conservative, and if you want smaller government, why you let your kids go to public school? I thought you were conservative. I thought you were smaller government. Why are you using them? Right? Oh, because you're temporarily embarrassed millionaire. Okay. Okay. <laughs> See what I mean? If, if you are using public education or if you have been taught by public education, you should not have to be gate kept for your education. Yeah. What's another point? When it comes to race-based affirmative action, that's actually not everybody that benefits from a friend. All right. Oh, yes. Thank you so much, Teen Vogue. Teen Vogue, affirmative action benefits most white women most. That's right. You read it. You read it. You read it, baby. All right. This came out last year. Let's go. It says, what do you think of when you hear the term affirmative action? When I ask students this question, the replies I get most often include racial equality, racial justice, racial discrimination, racial preferences, or quotas. Rarely do people mention gender. So it comes as a surprise to many discover that white women have benefited more from affirmative action programs and policies than any other demographic. 
It is not an accident that conversations about affirmative action tend to center on race as opposed to gender. Instead, it is a predictable outcome of a campaign by well-funded and organized opponents of race-based civil rights programs and responds to legal challenges that result from the 1960s civil rights movement. As it became clear that these legal cha changes were imminent, wealthy white conservatives with famous families like Coors, DeVos, Scaife, and Hunt mobilized massive resources to reverse the gains of civil rights initiatives in general and affirmative action specifically. Part of their strategy included a national public media campaign designed to create white opposition to affirm action policies by associating them the term affirmative action with quotas on or race preferences that they said favor people of color and discriminate against white people. But in fact, few realize that the term affirmative action originated as a benign phrase used by Presidents John F. Kennedy and Lyndon B. Johnson to indicate that the government needed to take purposeful action or act affirmatively to end discrimination based on the race of gender, race and gender. Eventually, a multitude of policies and practices designed to remedy systemic racist and sexist discrimination came to be referred to under the umbrella of affirmative action. Affirmative action came to signify policies as diverse as plans to recruit or as diverse advertised jobs and communities of color and programs designed to employ employers to identify and correct the underrepresentation of women in particular jobs. But right-wing opponents of affirmative action focus national attention on race-based rather than gender-based affirmative action. And they successfully cultivated widespread white opposition to the core ideas of affirmative action. So we shouldn't be surprised that white women who may not even realize how they have benefited from affirmative action policies are also some of the fiercest opponents of affirmative action. <laughs> um you guys realize that these these corporate dictators don't care about y'all right these corporate dictators are the ones that actually are really the buddies buddies especially with these colleges and universities they really don't care about y'all so while they shoot at us, right? It really wasn't <laughs> totally us. They wanted to kill two birds with one stone. They wanted to go against minorities and women. You see, these corporate dictators will do everything and anything to make it so that they will come after all of us. And if you're cishet and white and male, do not think that you're safe because once they take care of white women, you're next. Because then that's when more division starts. You see, this is why it is important for us to team up and get together because we need to take them down. Because 
they want to rule over all of us and determine what we and how we live our lives. This is why it is important for class consciousness to take precedent. Now, as far as the system goes, I agree with affirmative action, right? But at the same time, affirmative action is it's a Band-Aid on this system. Affirmative action is reformism in a capitalist system. If we had tuition-free college for all, we wouldn't need affirmative action. It wouldn't even be necessary. That's the thing a lot of people aren't thinking about. Why don't we have tuition-free public college and university? I want you guys to bring up that argument whenever anybody talks about their for or against affirmative action. I think that's the important conversation. Because guess what? If we were to have tuition at high school level, then we would need affirmative action for high school. But we don't. We don't. Because every student gets to go to high school. You get to go to middle school. You get to go to elementary school, no matter who you are. Now, if you want to talk about the funding and how they're, you know, done through property tax, oh, we can talk about that. Talk about how we should really have all schools with, you know, the same, you know, uh, with the same numbers of students should all get the same amount. So, you know, students who are in like the more, you know, affluent areas should get the same funding as students and who are in the more poor areas. All of us should get the same education. Now, if you want to talk about that, we can talk about that. That's a whole nother conversation. But when it comes to affirmative action, yeah. No, we should honestly have tuition-free public school for all. And so if you're a white cis woman, you should be bringing up tuition-free public college. You should. Because the thing is, is that if you really want true equality, true equality means education not being gatekept. If you're a black person, and if you're for affirmative action, you should be bringing up tuition-free public college for all. Because we should not be gatekept because of the color of our skin. It should be available to all of us. So. That's the thing that I want to say. And so, of course, there was progress with affirmative action, right? And that progress should not be overlooked. 
But this is why I also talk against the Democratic and Republican Party. Because those two parties want to gatekeep. They're not for education for all. Some of them will say it, you know. Some of them will be like, oh, well, we think we should have education for all, but they don't really fight for it, right? They don't actually fight for it, no. And then, of course, you have the other other side, the GOP. They don't care about education for all. They think it should be gay kept as well. But the funny part is, like I said, college for all would negate affirmative action. It would just, you know, you wouldn't even have to worry about legacy. You wouldn't have to worry about legacy admissions no more. I would honestly, I honestly think that private colleges and private schools should be made obsolete. Legacy admissions? What? No. Mm-mm. private schools and private colleges like nah if you do if you fund and you provide enough for public education there was no need for private education none that means you don't have a two-tier system schools in my opinion should be funded the way I think healthcare should be, nationalize it all. Yes, I am a socialist. Nationalize it all. So therefore there's no tears, no tears between people because you deserve the highest form of education possible, just like anybody else. You deserve the highest form of healthcare, just like anybody else. We are, we all come out of a womb. We all deserve life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. One person doesn't deserve more than the other. Just because somebody's grandpa decided to exploit people years ago and they passed that stolen wealth down doesn't mean that you deserve automatically more than anybody else. Absolutely not. No. The, the the age of unfairness needs to be over, which means getting rid of this system. This is why I, I had Kwame Ture in the beginning of the stream, because this is why we need to organize. Everybody talking about, oh, well, affirmative action, we need to have it. Affirmative action, we don't need to have it. Let's just get rid of the entire need for affirmative action, and let's just give college for all to everybody. The people who want to keep college in are the people who want to gatekeep. People who want the college to have tuition are the ones who are like, no, we should just gatekeep. But why? What, 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 What is the purpose of making them charge tuition? Right? And you can you can go, oh, well, you know, we can't afford it. Yes, we can. We we afforded it back then. We can afford it now. We can't. What's the what's the reason?
Mm, interesting. DC says affirmative action was put in place to take the steam away from the reparations movement. Um, you know what? I think we should have both. But the thing is that I think we should have college for all. And then also, you know, lineage based, you know, uh, African descendants of slaves should also get reparations. You know? Let me put this uh, put this link to that in the chat as well. Hobo Rudy says, you are aware, JB, that the Declaration of Independence was not actually codified into law. It is part of the sacred mythology, but not actually anything substantive. Of course. But we should make it. We should force it. Everyone should be entitled to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. I think if we actually change this system, the Constitution should be, we should build a new Constitution. And one of the first things in that Constitution should say, every human being born in this country and anyone who comes into our borders deserves life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Full stop. That's it. And that pursuit of happiness should not encroach upon the pursuit of happiness, life, and liberty on upon anybody else. I think we should make it that way. You see, when they did that Declaration of Independence, they only had land owning white men in, in mind. That's basically what it was, right? But <laughs> I say... Yeah, yeah, we're going to expand that to everybody. So I think that's what. Mm -hmm. See? <laughs> we here, DC. We here. <laughs> All right. So. But, yeah, that's one of the things I wanted to talk about. Um and I don't think anybody is talking about it. Um, well, they probably talked about it in, in the, uh, let me see. Uh, probably talking about it in the news. I haven't checked yet because um, oh, well, <laughs> they're talking about it right now. Let's go. Let's let's do this. Let let's let's take a look at this really quick. Oh my gosh. Let's take a look at this really quick because I mean why not? Before we go to the chat. Pause your thoughts though, just on the top line, which is affirmative action no longer constitutional according to the Supreme Court justices. 
Anna, we've been headed to this space for a very long time. And unfortunately, there is a tie-in between the public discourse right now around diversity and everything that we are discussing, the misunderstanding of how race is actually used and discussed, and then a very disingenuous conversation about race in America, all of which has contributed to us being where we are. I share Eddie's feelings about knowing this was coming, but also being emotional about it now that we are actually hearing those words. And to Julia's point, what she was just talking about, we have already seen in California, for example, what it does to a student body to remove race from a factor of admissions. It has not worked out well, we have seen fewer and fewer black students in the UC systems because of the removal of race as a factor in terms of being able to identify qualified applicants who can be there. Add but to explain that. Explain that because I think a qualified applicants, that's a really interesting word. Because to me, that just look as by the way, that dude has an epic beard and the very nice tasting clothing, by the way. But that's the whole, that's the beside the point. But here's the thing. The only qualification I see for higher learning should be you graduating and passing the 12th grade. Honestly, that's the only thing I should see. But that's coming from a socialist perspective on education. That education is a right to all, education period, is a right to everybody. So therefore, colleges really should be operated like high school. Meaning that once you get out of high school, you should be eligible to go to college full stop because you passed. And so if you want to go and study a specific major within a college or university, you should be able to do so without having to worry about the financial cost. Because you passed high school. Why in the hell are you now having to go over another barrier just to get into college? You passed high school. Why are you having to go over another barrier? Make that make sense to me. It's like, okay, you passed high school, but now you have to do even further just to get into college, but you passed, you passed, you passed. Make that make sense, people. Like, it, it, it's psychotic, right? Like, if I passed English 4, if I passed geometry, look, I passed English 4, geometry, uh, I passed uh, environmental science. I did basically the 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 prerequisites to get out of high school to graduate to get. Hold up. I passed to get this right. I got this right. This should be the only ticket I need to get into college. And yet I have to do all this other shit in order to get in. Why? Why? It, because it's gate kept. Because they only want certain thinkers. Because they only want you at a certain socioeconomic status. And then it's like, okay, if you're black, then you can get in. That's the problem.
This is why the system needs to change. Because then, if you're gatekeeping against college, then guess what? You're saying, oh, well, you have to be a certain type of thinker. Right? And, and look, and some people are probably going to uh, disagree with me, but I'm like, why, you know, why, why should we gatekeep education? Let's continue. A lot of people think you're either qualified or you're not. Why does race even matter? I think that's what the justices are saying here, right? Race does matter because in many respects, there are a number of myriad different considerations that come into play when you're talking about the experience of an applicant who is black, who comes from certain areas, who had certain advantages or was void of certain advantages, going into a college application process. Let's get rid of the need for applications, period, then. Let's get rid of the need for applications. Because the thing is, is that if we're going to if we're going to want equality for all, then just, just get rid of the need for applications, period. Like, race does matter. Yes, Black Zen, race does matter. But the thing is, is that at the same time, we wouldn't have to worry about it if college was made available for everybody. We wouldn't have to. But they don't want that either. Because once you get everybody available for higher learning, what happens? We start to talk to each other. We start to realize, hmm, these people who are the corporate dictators are actually making our lives worse. And so once we start to talk to each other, and then on top of that, we start to go, wow, you're black, but you've been going through this system like this, and you've inherited generational poverty? I didn't know that. Well, yeah, of course you guys deserve reparations. Of course. We should change the system and give reparations. See, here's the thing. I believe we should change the system at its fundamental level and repair our relationship with black people who are descendants of slaves and freedmen. I think we can do both and we will do both. It may not happen in my lifetime, but it's gonna happen. But this is the, let me hear this guy. Versus someone who did not come from that background and did background and did not have these advantages. And it is not from what people have 
still, even from 1978 with Baki, people still misunderstand affirmative action. It has nothing to do with quotas. Mm. It has nothing to do with numbers in the sense of hard, fast, and rigid, rigid measures. And, and I have to go back to Dahlia's uh, a piece that Dahlia wrote earlier, where one of the fatal flaws of how we got here is a decision that came, I believe it was Fisher, where they said basically, oh, in 25 years, they put a sell-by date, essentially. And that, those are Dahlia's words. I want to give her full credit, right, <laughs> for, the, for writing that and basically saying, hey, well, perhaps we can revisit here. As soon as that decision came out, that date began to be mm. marked on the calendar. And people said, well, we can get here at this point. But why, why don't we just make it available so that all Black students can go in? If you make college tuition free, that means all Black students can get in, which means that you don't have to have affirmative action. That means every single Black boy, girl, uh, cis and trans, non-binary, I don't care, who you are, you can get in as long as you earn one of these. This should be your only criteria. And once you get that, you're off to college and then you can study to do the type of jobs that you want to do. That's it. If you want to go into healthcare administration, if you want to get uh, if you want to become an engineer or if you just want to learn, uh, you know, auto mechanics, because I also include technical and vocational education in higher learning, too. We also need to do that. You also need to include all that, too. The problem is, is that it's been gatekept. Public education should be a right now you should be able to opt out of higher education if you want to because you're an adult now so opting out of college okay if you want to opt out okay but i think automatic enrollment automatic enrollment be like okay you finish high school all right college I don't want to go to college. Okay, you can opt out. You're an adult. You're you're a, you're an adult human being. You can do that. And then on top of that, if you have college tuition free for all, imagine how many people who are in my socioeconomic status can get in, and then grow, and go to philosophy classes and meet people of different backgrounds. Imagine, imagine, imagine how many kids in the hood would be able to go because they weren't gatekept out of it. You don't think gatekeeping still doesn't happen in HBCUs? Just because we're black doesn't mean we're still not gatekept. Let's be real. B 
Because even if, even though you passed all the required classes in high school, you still can't truly make it into college. So I can, I can, I can choose to go to Bethune Cookman, but I can't get in just based on this. I can't get in just based on this. I have to do other hoops just to get in, right? I can go to UCF. But I can't get in based on this or just this. I have to jump through other hoops in order to get in. And then I also have to go based on my wallet. Why? Why do we have to do that? Because education is gate kept. Let's stop gatekeeping education. Let's start making it available for everybody. Now, tell me why I'm wrong in the chat, <laughs> because this is a Q&A. Tell me why I'm wrong, you know? Um, oh, and by the way, I also have some, uh, there are some people who made different tweets um, about about this whole thing. And I just want to, you know, uh, I'm going to I'm going to share their perspective, too, because some people have different perspectives on this. Let me see. OK, now. Let's uh, ooh, let me make sure. All right. So I'm going to start off with this tweet because everybody's weighing in. I don't know if anybody weighed in the way I did, though, but we'll see. So this is from Michael Harriet. He says, before you began your think piece, the Supreme Court did not strike down affirmative action. Admission preference for legacies, donors, employee families, and special recommendations are still allowed. The court struck down affirmative action for everyone except white people. And my thing is, is like we wouldn't have to worry about that if college was tuition free, right? All right, so let's go to the next tweet because this one is going to be another one. Uh, Let me see. Boom, boom. All right. This one is from Friends of the Show, Lee Camp. Lee Camp said the Supreme Court just struck down affirmative action. What people do not seem to realize is that the DNA of our racist society is affirmative action for white people. We just don't call it that. So the small bit of affirmative action we've had for non-white people was a tiny step towards equality in a very unjust land. A tiny step has now been wiped away. One example, one study found that even without even being seen by an employer, Applicants are 50% less likely to get the first interview for a job if they simply have a black sounding name. Uh, those black sounding names could be like a Lakeisha, uh, it could be uh, Jaquavius or something like that, right? Even though Jaquavius is a brilliant person, 
has uh, the, you know, academic acumen of an Albert Einstein, Jaquavius can't get in because his name is Jaquavius. He could be, you know, he could be Kwame Jackson. But Kwame Jackson can't get in. But Tyler Sokolitsky can. See what I mean? So when it comes to employment, that's one thing in regards to affirmative action. But continuing on, so affirmative action was equivalent to throwing a rock at a tsunami of white privilege. Now, Supreme Court of the United States has taken that rock away because it unfairly impacts the tsunami. <laughs> that was funny. All right. So that's the thing. Um, so while I still, like I say, I agree with affirmative action, it is a, it is a Band-Aid on a gaping wound. What else? Why do I have a feeling a bunch of people who are liberals are going to hate what I said? It's okay. It's all right. Now, this is from friends of the show, Colin from Indie News Network. Go ahead and subscribe to them. They do great work, by the way. Colin says, okay, let's bring this up. If affirmative action is considered unconstitutional, then should legacy admissions and people who make donations to school to ensure their child's acceptance. We are not ready to have that conversation, though. This is why I said college for everybody. See what I mean? Because that would take away the legacy admissions because you would need a legacy admission to get into public school. You don't. All right. Here's another point. Uh-oh. Oh, well, looks like they looks like they deleted their tweet. All right. There's another one. Let's go to this one. George Johnson says Asian students have been convinced by white folks that black students have been taking their spots in college. Now more white legacy and affluent students will get in and take those spots. Asian students thought that we were taking. Here's the thing, though, like I said, if we had tuition-free college for all, then nobody would be thinking that they're taking each other's spots. That This wouldn't even be an issue. And then... Another member of the Any News Network. Robert Durden, let's see what he has to say. Robert says, poor people give zero fucks about affirmative action at Ivy League schools, which is true. Imagine being so elitist that you think this is pressing or pertinent right now as our country collapses. Like I said, this is one of the reasons why, number one, we should have nationalized public education 
and all higher education should be tuition free. So then we could give zero fucks about schools, higher education, but we wouldn't need affirmative action and Ivy League wouldn't even be in existence. I know people are going to pull their hair out here and me say that, that I don't believe we should have Ivy League schools. I think they all should be nationalized, but yeah. Now, this is now happening, and I want you guys to see this, because this is crazy. So now, there are people outside of the Supreme Court right now. It says, and they just evacuated everybody from the sidewalk in front of the Supreme Court. So you have people standing outside the Supreme Court about this. Sam says, we've been pushed back much further now. Police tape is on the first South Street Northeast in front of the Supreme Court. Suspicious package investigation at steps of the Supreme Court continues. We've been pushed back again. So there's been a suspicious package left at the steps of the Supreme Court. Says the closure lasted about two hours. Wow. So somebody left a suspicious package. Interesting. Very interesting. So let me go to. Okay. So as far as Rumble, nobody in the chat. Let's go to Rockfin. I'm thugging it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm in a good mood. All right. So let me see. Let's take that down. Let's take this down. All right. Let's go. Uh, oh, and then, okay. Share the screen now, JB. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> thanks for the, the tip on Rockin' Roger Meadows. Roger says, let me take you on a trip back to 1991 and tell you what Black Radio was saying back then. George Bush Sr. could have picked any conservative that was that was against abortion and some other conservative things. But main reason why Bush Sr. chose Thomas was because of a 1987 essay he wrote about how affirmative action is racially discriminatory against whites. They were like, oh, that's my guy. Also, I'm not sure about affirmative action regarding college admissions, but even though it was meant for us, I do know that we have not been the main beneficiaries of affirmative action anyway. Two, high schoolers learning from the millennials as a result, college enrollment is on the decline. I passed the story to, that Sab did on her show that Generation Z is learning online, getting jobs, going to seek apprenticeships in the trade. So they are foregoing college, seeing that wages have gone up and 
I'm sorry, seeing that wages have gone up even at the lowest of no experience needed jobs. Wages going up because one, Trump locked down the border so the boss class couldn't go couldn't go to to them for cheap labor. Now that now they know if they want workers, those wages have to come up. Two, the lockdowns boomers said said screw it. I'll take any I'm sorry, I'll take early retirement causing a massive vacating of the workforce. Three, those leftover Gen X, but mostly millennials said, hey boss, class Gen X can't fill those jobs, saying that there are more of us than them. So what are you gonna do for us? Remember, government college used to be free, this is true, and private used to be low cost. Once we got our rights realized via civil rights, wasn't it a coincidence that all of a sudden the prices started increasing? Now I say, if you want to make college free, that the only way to do it is force the issue. It can't just be college on decline because going to trades and getting jobs, but go and study abroad for free in 39 countries for free. That's if you must go. Once high schoolers do that for the next decade, America starts seeing US colleges and universities buckle and fold, then they'll cry uncle and relent. Take what I said today and apply it tomorrow on SCOTUS student debt case. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Thank you. Laura says, even in the Texas Constitution, that every child here should be granted access to an education, but our government has other ideas. Mm. Thank you for the tip, Roger. He says, just like how I said before, regarding the cost of college started going up once civil rights legislation started being pushed like the Higher Education Act, the same applies to the bar exam. This is from the San Diego Union Tribune. Let's take a look at that. Oh, I'm not allowing ads. Let's see. We're not allowing, we're not turning ad blocker off. No, 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 no. That's not what we do here. We're archiving this thing. All right. So, hang on, stop sharing. Okay. And this is, says commentary, the bar exam is staying with inequality and racism. It needs to be abolished. That's from Ode Youssef Jr. Ooh, ooh. Talking about bar, bash, uh, barring the, <laughs> abolishing the bar exam. Ooh, okay. I'm gonna give you guys the archive version so you guys do not have to go through a paywall because education is for everybody. There you go. All right. That's interesting, Roger. My gosh. Ooh, I gotta read that. All right, let's go back to the chat. Okay. 
Uh, Roger says, Laura Visa, all state constitutions have that as a right, but it's not a right in the U.S. Constitution. So we have to we have a right to an education nationally, but not federally. Laura says uh, studies also show that when they eliminated SATs and other hoops, more students of color enrolled and actually stayed longer when compared to students who are basically just good test takers. Oh, thank you, Laura. Oh, my goodness. See, this is why we shouldn't be gatekeeping education, because it means that people that look like me can also get in. We don't have to go through these hoops. Only hoop that we should have to be able to go off of is graduating and getting everything, getting this, right? Getting this and then just go to school, learn. <laughs> All right, so let's go to the main chat. Let's talk to the people. See, Maria C says eugenics, social Darwinism. That's what I'm calling out, folks. Thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for the super chat. All right, DC, thank you so much for the generous super chat. He says, question, how should reparations be funded? I thought of a tax. I thought, thought, sorry, I can't talk today. I thought of a tax of top earners. But would it be fair for people like Elon Musk, whose family did not own slaves in the U.S., to have to pay for that? Well, I'll put it to you this way. There are a lot of prisons that also use slave labor. There are also um, a lot of workers that are also being exploited. And so therefore, somebody like Elon Musk, he's doing business in this country and he's benefiting from the labor that uh, that the slaves built this country upon. So therefore, yes. But I don't just want reparations from them. I want reparations from Wells Fargo and Aetna and all these other companies that have used slave labor as well as and look, they're going to have to pay reparations out of their out, 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 out from them, too. And they're going to have to even if they don't have all the money right now, they're going to have to just roll the reparations. Just keep keep paying it out year over year until it's all paid back. On top of all that, as somebody who also is for reparations, I think that we also need to go beyond the United States government for reparations, because some of us also have descendants that were under slavery as a colony here under the British government. So I think that the British government also owes us, United States, African descendants of slaves, reparations too. Some of us also have French people who, you know, you have, you know, Spanish, French, Dutch, people that were descendants that were enslaved here that you had slave masters of that descent that were that we were subject under that we were oppressed under so guess what even those countries owe us reparations not just the united states so i think multiple countries owe us reparations 
And then those countries also owe reparations to people of other countries, just like Portugal owes reparations to a lot of people in a lot of black people in Brazil. But we're talking about the United States. So we're talking about the people who I come from. So guess what? Other countries also owe us reparations too. It's not just the United States. But a lot of people aren't talking about that. I want my reparations not just from the United States. I want my reparations from Spain, Portugal, England, <laughs> France. I want my reparations from them all. My last name is a French last name. Why is it a French last name? I guess I get reparations from two countries at least. Actually, three. I get I get reparations from three. See what I'm going there? And make college into college and universities tuition free for all. Yeah. All right. So let's go to the rest of the chat. Thank you so much, Black Zen. Appreciate it. Let me see. <laughs> Franken Kitten says, not everyone is a good test taker, and it gives five-year-olds anxiety all for what? Yeah. You shouldn't be uh, gatekept from education just because you're good at taking tests. It's about being able to uh, have uh, the ability to learn. It's about being able to retain and use the knowledge that you were given in order to make proper application of it in life. And... You know, if you be if you're able to pass, then you should be, you know, just your, you know, your basics in high school, then you should be able to go. Uh, Cope Commander says you could work every day of your life for 80 years and still wouldn't even have a million dollars. Saving money is a myth peddled by rich, privileged white folks. Uh, Danny says they ended affirmative action in California. Enrollment for whites and blacks still reflects population percentage, but Asians are overrepresented and Hispanics underrepresented. Women slightly over men. Hmm. Interesting. Corporate commander says, must family did own slaves. Who do you think mine the emeralds? True. People who aren't paid, that's called slavery. Yeah. Yeah. They 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 had an emerald mine. Uh, but my thing is that Musk not only owes reparations to people here in the United States for taking advantage of our system and who built it, but
but also he he owes reparations to black people in South Africa. Yeah. see <laughs> Angela Black Angela <laughs> called you Angela Blacker sorry Angela Backer says that's facts thank you so very much all right ooh whatever man the Dutch built the ships wow How does one descend from slavery? If my grandfather went to prison, do I descend from prison? Here's the thing, the jam mom. My fifth grade grandfather was born a slave. And as far as we're concerned if you look at the history of slavery in this country we are held back over and over and over whether it was slavery the short freight time of reconstruction even when we tried to lift ourselves by our bootstraps they didn't like it so they brought us back down and every time we tried to ascend we would get brought back down and then you had jim crow era which kept us down and subjugated even then we started to crawl back up still couldn't do it the police force was formed as originally slave patrols and like I, I've said, you know, quite a few times, the 13th Amendment still allows for slavery. You had vagrancy laws. You had laws that, you know, if you just stood around and did nothing, but you look like me, you went to prison, you went to jail. And then once you got to jail and once you got to prison, guess what? They made you work hard labor which means that you are a slave once again. Now, as far as slavery goes, right? I am a descendant of slaves because my fifth great grandfather was born a slave. And then, you know, they were in Virginia. So, yeah in that way yeah as far as the prison unfortunately if your grandfather went to prison he was a victim of the prison industrial complex and that's a whole nother discussion that we can have but thing is is that if you're in prison if you you're you're being forced to work and if you're forced to work well then you're subject to slavery too 
but that's a conversation that people of other groups need to have. And if they want to have that conversation, then sure. But my people, yeah, this is a conversation that needs to, it, it's been happening. It's just the results need to come. So thanks for the question. Oh, that's not what I'm saying. Wasn't your ancestor more of an enslaved person? Why is that a moniker? Oh, well, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it's shadow slavery. I mean, um, I mean, we're all more than just, you know, what they've done to us. I think, am I? Am I getting what you're saying correctly? Please correct me if I'm wrong. But my thing is, it's like, we need, you know, I, unfortunately, it's kind of hard to know that much more. Because if you're considered property, then what can I tell you about a chair? I can't really tell you much else about it. It just does the job and that's it. And unfortunately, my fifth great grandfather and you know people like that, they were never afforded the ability or you know, given it, we were never given the knowledge to know that much more about them. Because they were seen as just things. I'll tell you this, even animals, beasts of burden have more rights even beast they were looked at more favorably upon than those of us. Yeah. So it, I, my apologies if I didn't get your first question, the Jam Mom. I I I I, I apologize. Um, so, you know, I was just trying to uh, understand what you were saying, but it's kind of hard through text, you know. So, you know, I trust me, I understand. <laughs> But thank you very much for the question. Yeah, I had to. Yeah, I I know it was cir the circle of death was happening. But yeah. Um. Oh, and let's go to another partner chat. Uh, thank you for the tip, Roger. Roger says, Haiti would get theirs from France and other Caribbean countries from King Charles, but all black peoples across the diaspora would 
would have to seek it from African countries who sold us into slavery in the first place or some wine and a couple of European trinkets. Never forget France's original design of the Statue of Liberty was a black woman breaking out of bondage change representing ab abolishing. U.S. said no. Oh, snap. Yeah. Hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, thank you so much for that, Roger. Appreciate it. Yeah, there's, you know, history is, uh, you know, history is kind of, you know, it has, you know, a lot of, you know, different ebbs and flows to it. But at the same time, you know, um, the enslavement that happened was, you know, primarily from these, you know, Western nations, you know, so. I honestly think that these Western nations need to pay up because really, Europe owes a lot to the Americas, the indigenous Americans, and the Africans. You know, because without without them, I mean, they'd still be where they're at, like six, seven hundred years ago, or unless they actually traded fairly with us. But then Africa would be able to bought up a lot better. Thank you so much, Wardy. I haven't wore this shirt in a long time. This shirt has actually gotten big on me. But yeah, thank you. Somebody, uh, I wore a shirt similar to this and some friends were cracking jokes on me and they said I look like a, a, a overgrown Teddy Graham. <laughs> Remember those? <laughs> Oh, my goodness. All right. So I'm trying to think. Um, I think I'm going to be ending on that story because that was that was a lot to talk about. But, yeah, you know, as far as uh, the system goes, it, there just needs to be a stoppage, a, uh, a halt. Actually, you know what? I should update this story now. I just got an update on the story. Remember the story I was talking about, um, about Delaware um, allowing companies and corporations to vote in their elections? Well, I got a little bit more gritty information that I'm just like. Um, why not? I'll bring it up. Might as well. This is crazy. So you guys are gonna you guys are gonna be like, what? And I'll make I'll make a I'll make a clip out of this. I 
Out of the more perfect union, it says Delaware is getting national attention over a bill to let LLCs, which are limited liability corporations, vote in a city's elections. But we heard that there was more going on, so we took a look. It turns out LLCs can already vote in at least 17 Delaware towns. And this bill may even allow churches to vote. Let's go. It says Delaware has a home rule charter law which allows any town with more than 1,000 residents to broad leeway for self-governance. Part of this law allows cities and towns to change the qualifications of those entitled to vote at municipal elections. In addition to at least a dozen municipalities which allow non-resident property owners to vote in their elections. I'm going to read that again. In addition to at least a dozen municipalities which allow non-resident property owners to vote in their elections. It has been previously reported that three towns allow LLCs incorporated within their town borders to cast a ballot in local elections. But in reality, the number is higher than that. More Perfect Union has obtained a recent poll of 27 municipalities in Delaware in which officials in 13 of those places said LLCs are allowed to vote in at least some elections. Additionally, officials in three more towns confirmed to us Wednesday that LLCs can vote in their elections. But this isn't the first time LLCs voting has stirred controversy. Backlash killed the 2017 proposal that LLCs vote in Rehoboth, Rehoboth Beach. And in 2018, a developer who was the registered agent of a dozens of LLCs in the city of Newark was able to vote 30 one times in a referendum. City leaders quickly closed the loophole. 31 times? Wow. Holy crap. Says, but in Seaford, Delaware's seventh largest municipality, Mayor David uh, Grinshaw has published, I'm sorry, has pushed a similar effort to allow artificial entities the ability to vote in a city, and if approved by the General Assembly, could change the nature of elections there entirely. Grinshaw has a history of pushing corporate interests as far as he can in his position. In 2017, the Seaford City Council became the first Delaware municipality with a right-to-work law, which was later overruled by state lawmakers. The council approved a plan to allow LLCs to vote in April just days after an election where only 340 people voted. The News Journal reported last month that there were 234 businesses registered in Seaford, meaning LLCs could sway whole elections. The officials also indicated that additionally, nonprofits and even churches would be given the right to vote. In this clip from April 11th meeting, councilman asked if churches could vote under the plan. The city's lawyers said that they could. Let's tune in. He would get one. All right, thanks. Appreciate it. Councilman Henderson. It came to me. Uh, how, how do we go about treating uh, nonprofits and churches? 
they would be treated the same way as for-profits. Uh, they are artificial entities. They would have the right to vote in the same way as an LLC or an LLP. Um, so they would designate one person. So long as they own property, they can designate somebody to vote for them. Well, say, say it's a large denomination, United Methodist Church, Catholic Church, Baptist Church, they have conferences, right? So they're, they own the property, but a conference owns it. I, I would suppose that it would be owned in a corporate manner somehow. I'm not sure. And that organization would designate somebody to vote for that organization in the election. And a 501c3, same, same thing. Okay. What? You don't have any rights. Corporations do. Oh, man. Let's continue. All right. So the Seifert sent the bill to the legislator for a committee made up of House leaders, including Democratic Speaker Pete Schwarzkopf, approved the bill in May. Schwarzkopf said he wants to defer to small town governments on their laws. Since last week, the bill has been put in the House agenda twice, but in both instances, the legislation was taken off the agenda without explanation following national coverage. Now it's back in for a third time. Spokesperson for Representative Daniel Short a state legislator from Seaford who introduced the bill referred questions about whether the bill he introduced would allow churches to vote as well as LLCs to Seaford leaders who drafted the bill. Here's what they said at the meeting. It says city manager Anderson went on to explain that city staff had gone through the city's database and identified approximately 236 entities that would potentially be able to vote if the proposed changes were approved. He noted some of the business owners have residential properties under several different entities. However, they would still only receive one vote. Councilman Henderson asked if nonprofits and churches would qualify to vote if this under this proposed change. Solicitor Griffith explained nonprofits are considered artificial entities and would have the right to vote in the same way as an LLC or an LP. Solicitor Griffith reminded council that based on the current charter, these entities are already permitted to vote in special elections for annexation. So there's already a process in place for this kind of voting. Councilman Santos asked if churches are given the ability to vote. It is possible they could now be required to pay taxes. Solicitor Griffith explained churches have a federal exemption, allowing them to be exempt from taxation. Mm -mm -mm. Spokesperson also said that the proposed change to allow LLCs to vote in Seaford is not breaking new ground and that more than 10 municipalities in Delaware currently allow LLCs to vote in at least some municipal elections. So he says, uh, it says Luz, Hendopolin Acres, Fenwick Island, Laurel, Millsboro, 
Slaughter Beach, Rehoboth Beach, Camden, Dewey Beach, Cheswold, and Milton. Says complicating the matters is that legislators are up against a June 30th deadline, which is tomorrow, to pass bills funding the state budget, including a $1.4 billion bond bill, which needs at least two Republican votes to pass with a two-thirds majority. Separately, Representative Sherry Dorsey Walker has introduced has introduced HB 189, which would ban LLCs from voting any local election in Delaware. That bill has yet to receive any hearing in the House. Quote, I see it as part of this nationwide attack on democracy and voter suppression. Common cause Delaware Executive Director C. Snyder Hall told MPU. Instead of trying to block the residents of Seifert from voting, they're trying to dilute the vote. Constitution has a one person, one vote principle, but if the legislature continues to back a dystopian practice of corporate voting rights, LLCs will have more rights in some Delaware elections than living, breathing people. So that's an update on the news that I broke out on Tuesday. So any reason why we need to change the system fundamentally? That's one of the big reasons why, right? Mm. Mm -mm. So yeah. That's crazy, man. Okay. So contract said bribery USA. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kiyo Grigor says, <laughs> dude, that's pretty effed up right there. Yeah, right? Right? Holy crap. <laughs> what he said. Once Skynet gets in franchise, it's all over. <laughs> oh man, T one thousand gets a vote. <laughs> Reality Revolution says churches are people too now. Let's call independent media a church then too. Praise the Lord! Yes. <laughs> Y'all gonna get me coming in? Mm -hmm. Welcome to the church of JB Fun. Yes. Uh, all right. The spirit of Marx and Engels is out upon me. Yes. Do you believe in the Lord? <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, my goodness. Mark Raid says you got all black police force following the same police union lawyers. What change? You want strict hiring standards, so no women? What? Uh, ponytails, fat, bald guys, the same MO, let them go. What are you saying? I don't understand. Oh, this is a good one, Mark. Mark says, the higher the perch, the fewer can fit. 
That's true. Thing is, we should make it for everybody. Could you agree, Gors? This is why I like when you're in my chat. <laughs> oh my goodness. Team White Gladys. Don't mess with White Gladys. White Gladys will get your ass. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, so I'm going to head out, guys, because I look, I got a Sabby and JB show in a couple hours. I have not eaten today, so I got to eat. I'm hungry. Do I have enough money to get anything? Oh, Lord. I don't even know if I have enough money to get anything. Because rent's due tomorrow. Mm-mm. I don't. Ooh. Why have enough? You know, I might have to give me a PB and J. You know what I'm saying on my birthday. Yeah, I might have to get to just give me a PB and J. <laughs> if y'all want to send me some lunch money, y'all can go down in the description below and go to my. You know, you know, it, it can be you know coffee or uh, PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, whatever. Anyway. Anywho, I'm going to have something before I get to Sabby and JV show. But it's going to be an interesting show because we're going to be talking about tonight uh, some updates on the Jonathan Majors case. The actor, we're going to be talking about that. So that's going to be good. It's going to be an abbreviated episode because, uh, look, Sabby is going to be having on uh, Dr. Sandy Darity, who did the research on reparations. She's going to have him on tonight. So I got to make sure that I end on a, you know, as, you know, on time so that I can be sure to watch that as well because I really want to see that. But also, um, I'm going to be doing a stream, you know, just talking about the United States on Tuesday because Tuesday is July 4th. So it's the 4th of July. So if you guys want to watch, uh, I'll be there on the 4th of July. And then, of course, you know, stay tuned for the JB show on RBN. I'll be talking about some news stories then. Um and oh, 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 before you go, do not leave before I have to tell you all this. Okay. So, by the way, I'll be continuing uh, Asada Shakur's autobiography. I need to continue. Um, dirt, uh, Laziness Does Not Exist. Laziness Does Not Exist by Dr. Devon Price, which I will do. It's just been a lot. Wait, am I doing anything? No, 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 no. This weekend? No, I'm spending time with family. No, no JB show on RBN this weekend. Never mind. I will not be there. I'm just been I'm gonna be chilling out with family. So strike that. Um, and then on Tuesday, July 4th. Yeah. Okay. All right, I think I got it. Because I know I'm I haven't a guest the Tuesday afterwards on the eleventh, I think, or something like that. But anyways. So thank you so much to everyone for joining me on this special birthday stream. Oh, by the way, I forgot. 
Uh, tomorrow is the 30th. Tomorrow is the last day. If you guys want to are in, in Central Florida or Orlando, if you guys want to sign up for the Orlando chapter uh, for RBN so that we can start doing mutual aid within the community, then you guys need to do it now. Uh, so tomorrow will be the last day. And then I will be reaching out to all the people who put out the form, the application, so that they could, uh, so you guys can um, join the chapter as well. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put the link to the chapter in this in the chat, so you guys will have it. So you guys will be able to get in touch with me, so that we can do the meet and greet later in the month of July. All right. So please, please make sure. To do that so let me put that there make sure i go ahead and put in all the chats because i want to make sure that i do not miss anybody okay all right so okay now by the way just want to thank everybody you know for tuning in um look there's been a huge outpouring of love and i can't you know thank you know you all enough for you know the the birthday wishes um and tuning in and watching this has been a great day so far um and i got to you know, do what I like to do is talk to you guys. And so it really means a lot. You know, I just, like I said earlier, I want you guys to be good to yourselves and good to other people. You know, we only get one life. And I want you to, when you, when you reflect on your life to say, I did a lot of good stuff for a lot of people. And I left the world better than I found it. Because then if you leave the world better than you found it, and another person does, and another person does, and another person does, then the world just naturally gets better. And it's not just about us. It's about the future generations, too. so that we can continue to thrive and everybody gets a chance at life in a better way. I think that's, I think that's what it's really about. So with that being said, water your plants, water yourselves, leave the world better than you found it. Eat some cake today. <laughs> <laughs> and remember that you matter and remind people around you that they matter. And happy birthday to Kwame Ture. Love you. Mwah. Forehead kisses to all y'all. Thank you.